and welcome to the Recruitment Marketing Podcast. My name is Victoria Rush. Here, I'll be talking to marketing leaders in the recruitment industry, discussing their careers in recruitment, passions for marketing, and the challenges and successes they have faced along the way. My aim for this podcast is to share the opinions and insights of a variety of experts from across the recruitment marketing landscape. I'll be discussing their experiences and learns while building recruitment brands around the world. Welcome back to the Recruitment Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Victoria Rush, and today we're joined by Lee Rowley, marketing copywriter based in Columbus, Ohio. This week is a little different. Uh, Lee isn't in recruitment, but he is an expert copywriter, and that is exactly why I wanted to talk to him today. Copywriting has a huge impact on the way customers buy products, and the same applies to the way that candidates and clients interact with your website, apply for jobs, and interact with your personal brand online. So, Lee, thank you for joining me today. It's great to have some time with you. Well, thank you, Victoria. It's a pleasure to be here. This is actually my um, my first Zoom recording. So, really? uh, yeah, it is. So we're, we're testing out the whole system and obviously from my holiday home as well over the Christmas period, which is awesome. Um, so please, can you start by telling everyone a little bit about who you are and what it is that you do? Sure, absolutely. Uh, I'm Lee Rowley. I've been a copywriter for uh, almost 12 years now. Uh, and if you're not familiar with that term, essentially uh, copywriting is just using words to persuade. Uh, anytime that you see uh, text in an ad, anytime you, you're reading a sales page uh, or, or a Facebook uh, post that's that, that leads to some kind of offer, whether it's free or paid or uh, booking a phone call or what have you, that's copywriting in action. So uh, essentially what I do is that I make words that sell things. I love that. I make words that sell things. And in any industry that applies, it doesn't matter what you do, any kind of sales, um, you need to have the right copy now, especially being online. Everything is online. There's no such thing in my mind as a digital marketing because everything is, is in some way digital websites, etc., copy, blogs, newspapers are online. Everything now is available um, online. And to sell, you need to be able to write compelling information to bring customers, no matter who they are, to to your business. So what has been your journey through copywriting? How did you get into this industry? How did you become to where you are now? Well, this may be a surprise to you, Victoria, but I did not grow up as a child in the 1980s in Ohio thinking, man, I want to be a copywriter when I grow up. <laughs> I, it was, I don't know. It wasn't on the radar. Uh, I wanted to be a pro wrestler, actually. Uh, you know, I, I wanted to be like did one you? of those big Brilliant. hulking guys that like gets up on the top rope and, you know, the thing that, and then I ended up like six foot tall and like 135 pounds. So it just, it wasn't going to happen. It wasn't right? going to work well for you, no. was it? <laughs> no. So I figured I needed a backup plan. Uh, I spent a year in, uh, I'm sorry, I spent a decade in corporate uh, after college. Uh, I was a compliance officer for uh, an insurance company, which is every bit as exciting as it sounds. And uh, I eventually left that to uh, to take on copywriting. I just had somebody out of the blue that said, hey, do you know anybody who can write marketing copy and I was like yeah sure I'll take a stab at it I had no idea what he was talking about but you know he was going to pay me so I was going to figure it out and it turns out I was kind of good at it so <laughs> but the way I learned it is the same way everybody else in the industry does and and 
for those of you who are in the recruitment industry, you may or may not see this, but there's a, there's a lot of uh, marketing experts uh, online who are teaching people to uh, mimic the uh, the direct mail style things from like the 70s and 80s. These like huge, long, mile long, you know, sales pages where they just go on and on and on and on. And they tell you the same things over and over again. And it just, nobody has the patience for that anymore. And that doesn't matter. It doesn't matter whether you're trying to get somebody to apply for a job or where you're, whether you're trying to sell them a new Mercedes. They just don't have the attention span they used to. And so there's a whole there's a there's a huge mismatch in the the marketing industry as a whole online of what the experts at the top are saying works and what actually works. And what works in in any industry, including recruitment, is connection. It's not look at me and look how impressive I am. Look at everything I've accomplished. It's here's what I can do for you. How do you go about explaining that to brands? Because it can't be easy. A lot of people, like you say, are are built and writing this long copy, far too much information that people can't digest. Um, I'm dyslexic. Reading for me is a nightmare, hence podcasting, hence digestible content. If I see an article that that it will take me more than five minutes to read. I have something better to do with those those five, 10 plus minutes. Mm-hmm. You know, whereas if I see something that max five minutes, mm-hmm. I may be interested in quickly skimming through it to see if I really do want to read it. And that attention span, because of how many devices we have now, how quickly we can access information is getting shorter and shorter. Exactly. It, it really is. I, I'm a real big fan of using questions to get people to see the information that I want them to see, because I found that just telling people what to do generally doesn't work very well. So I, I love using just a series of questionings to bring a, a business owner back around to where they're standing in their buyer's shoes. So in other words, you know, if I could put them in the shoes and be like, okay, listen, you know, here's this big long sales page, like, you know, read it, you know, and, and tell me everything about it. And they don't, you know, how many, how many emails did you get this week? Well, three, 400, right? Maybe more. I, I get about 300 a day. How many do I read? Eh, three. And, and and when you bring those things up, they go, yeah, yeah, that's true. That's how I am too. And I was like, okay, well, if you don't find other people's marketing captivating enough to open it or read it, then, you know, why are you assuming that yours is interesting enough to read? Because, you know, your noise in somebody else's day, just like everybody else's noise in your day, nobody wakes up going, gosh, I really hope I see a whole bunch of sales pitches today. Nobody does. I mean, unless you're a copywriter, right? But, you know, I mean, everybody, normal people, sane people, no, they don't do that. Nobody's looking for you, especially online. And, you know, if they are, they're going to go to your website. You know, they're going to follow you on social media. But, you know, those first contacts that, that developing the relationship is the part that so many people in this industry skip because the internet has made everything seem instant. When actually it, it's not. And, and like you say, open rates for mailing lists and, and email campaigns are down under 1%. And that's seen as a success. The fact that you can get 1% of your distribution list to open your email is positive. And I think that's completely bullshit. It, it yeah. needs to be 50, 80%. The reason people aren't opening your emails is because they're not interesting enough. Mm-hmm. The copy's not good enough. The content isn't good enough. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it will always be hard to get a high proportion. Of course, people are busy. You know, it could be the worst possible time in their day. You have no idea. But at the same time, that kind of information can be automated. But if your copy is not interesting enough for somebody to open an email, read an in-mail, for example, mm. you get a lot of those. I'm sure you've had plenty of them from headhunters over, over time on LinkedIn. Mm. Here's a job you might be interested in when they obviously know nothing about you. You're on a list. It's of no interest to them whatsoever. Um, and, and you don't want to apply for the job. Right. Uh, and, and, and that half of that is copywriting too. I mean, if the job was right for you, if you were looking, you then got to actually decide if this, per- if this lands perfectly for a person, what does the message say to get them to then communicate with you? Right, exactly. And you've, you've really hit on it. Oh my goodness. Okay, I'm going to have to soapbox here for a minute because you got, no, you brought up the, the in-mail and the whole thing. So I got to go there. Cut and paste pitches just drive me insane. If you're going to, if I read a static page, and of course it has to be one set of copy because that's just how it works. But if you're coming into my inbox, you're actually interrupting just my day and you're handing me something that you're handing a thousand other people, I'm going to be pissed. I really am because I can smell that a mile away and so can everybody else. It takes 30 seconds to look at somebody's profile, find some piece of relevant information that you can comment on in a genuine manner and work that into what would otherwise be a, a cut and paste pitch. You know, it, it, it's uh, if, if I'm going to connect with somebody before I tell them about what I do and blah, 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 I'm actually going to their profile. Uh, do they, do they, have they written posts? Great. I'm going to find one of their posts. I'm going to read it, comment on it, and work that into when I email email them, they don't have a problem connecting. They don't have a problem listening because I've talked about them first. Rather than just trying to sell, here, here's right. a job or or here's a pitch for, for whatever it is that you're selling. Yeah. You actually go and communicate with a person. And that's a, that's a long-term objective that marketing understands. And not often do salespeople have the time or aren't taught to consider that long-term solution because you may not place the person you're talking to, but they may know 10 people who would want that job. But if you piss them off at stage one, they're never going to help you. They're never going to be part of your community, of your network. No, no. There are too many options. That that's something we have to remember. As I have to, I have to remember it as a copywriter. You have to remember it as recruiters. That there are too many options out there for you to not give a shit. I mean, that's just really how it is. Because you know, I, look, copywriters are like cockroaches. Man, there's millions of us, and you know, some some of us are pretty good. Some of us are really good. There's a lot of us that are really good. But I know that I am not the only really good copywriter out there, and. If I don't treat people right, if I don't put them first, if I don't put their needs ahead of mine, then I don't have that consistent income. And I'd rather not worry about it. I don't sell at all. Honestly, when somebody books a call with me, they've already made up their mind about me. And it's just a question of, hey, how are we going to work together? And how do I send you the money? That's really all it is. Because if you've done your job up front with your copy, if you've connected with them in a genuine and sincere manner, there's really no sales involved. That's very, very interesting. And that kind of your tagline, I ride shotgun in your buyer's subconsciousness. Mm-hmm. How, how did you kind of come up with that? You know, I, it was something that I blurted out on another podcast, but it, it, this goes back to my whole immersion thing. Uh, I, I wrote a book earlier this year called The Avatar Immersion Method and desperately needs updated already because I've learned a whole bunch since then. But really what I'm doing is in any particular target market, I'm 
I'm going into Facebook groups, private Facebook groups if I can, and really just listening to what people actually say, because it's very different from what we think they think. You know, I've pulled headlines out of uh, paragraphs of, of things that people have talked about. This is going to be more in the marketing than, than recruitment, but just to give you an example, uh, I worked with a client who uh, was marketing a rheumatoid arthritis uh, exercise kind of program, something an alternative natural thing. And we looked at all the competitors and they were all talking about joint pain and fatigue, joint pain and fatigue. It was all the same, same, same. So in one of those groups, I saw a post where a lady was talking about how she was fighting with her husband more because they couldn't sleep in the same bed at night because she was tossing and turning from the pain that kept him up, made him grumpy. They were fighting more. Who thinks of this? Your competitors aren't thinking of it. So we ran with it with their campaign and worked that into the copy and being like, maybe you've even said something like this happened. And that's the point where people go, you get me, take my money, you know? <laughs> so that's what I'm talking about with the immersion is the, the, the more you can be a, we have a saying here, fly on the wall in their world, the more information you can pull out to find out how you need to talk to them. And it's actually looking at not just the solution that you're solving. So at the end of the day, it was still about joint pain and fatigue. That mm. was the pro the same problem, but you mm. went further than that. What does that problem then create in the person's life? What are the things they're facing because of that? If you can solve those problems, then you're tapping into what actually will help the consumer because telling them they've got joint pain and fatigue, they already know that. But the problems they have after that, like you say, because they're not sleeping, they're having more arguments with their spouses. Their kids are probably unhappy. They'll be eating worse food. They'll probably be gaining weight. They'll be more unhappy with themselves. So how do you fix the problem to help them be happier? Mm -hmm. um, and that applies to anything. Finding a new job, or do, do you need more money? Are your kids costing more? Are you arguing with your wife about the fact that you need to get a new boiler or a new fridge or you haven't been on holiday in a year? What is it, the real problem that you're looking to solve for that individual? The side effects of joint pain, the side effects of needing a new job, all that kind of thing. Being unhappy at work makes you unhappy at home. If you can solve those real problems, what's actually impacting the consumer, you end up gaining more customers because they understand that you you understand them, you believe them, you are on their side of this problem. You're here to help, not just here to increase your sales. When the reality is, we all know that's what business is, right? You need sales to stay running. Simple. Everybody knows that. But if you can tap into what the person's really after, the story that they're trying to solve, you're, you're going to bring in more business. That's exactly right. And, and even if you're creating a job description, you have to be cognizant of what's going on. You know, where where is you, the person that you're trying to talk to? Where are they coming into the journey? Where What's going on in their world? What are they looking for? What kind of jobs that they had before? What's ticked them off about it? You know, because that's going to inform what you say and how you say it. And more importantly, what you don't say. I see so often in job descriptions and recruitment sites, people blathering on and on about stuff that nobody freaking cares about. It's, you know, I mean, corporate culture is important, but like, you know, here's the, the entire 50 year history of our company and, you know, and look how great we are and we've achieved this award and that award, blah, 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 blah. What's it going to be like working for you? What's the vision that I can contribute to? Am I going to feel like a part of this organization? Am I going to feel valued? Are my opinions going to be listened to? What, you know, what can I expect? What's, you know, what's life going to be like? Am I going to have to take work home or am I going to be able to leave this behind? You know, what's there, what's available for me to, to practice self-care when I'm 
when I can't leave the office because we have to have those breaks, especially those of us in creative fields. There has to be that that space to uh, to decompress. You know, in that those questions are going to be different depending on your niche, depending on the level of the people you're trying to attract. Entry level people are going to have uh, different concerns than people who have been you know in their careers for 10, 15 years and are looking to to make a change or move up. All of that comes back down to an audience of one. And that's you know, like that's how I would look at it. Every sales letter, every anything that I write, I'm writing to an audience of one. Definitely. And that's job descriptions is a whole other problem in recruitment where they are sure. very often lists of requirements, lists of skills needed by the client. Mm-hmm. And what the client gives you on what the candidate should see should be completely different. Mm-hmm. What the client thinks they want and needs is a list, yes, but what the candidate needs to see is what they will be doing, and it needs to be written in the sense of you and we. It needs to be about what you will be doing in this position and what we will do to help you do that from the client's perspective. What training we will provide you, you will do this, we will give you why for it, we will give you access to training, etc., and all that kind of thing. And it's that mindset of the person reading it, not the person writing it. But very often, recruiters are and headhunters are left to being the ones who write the job descriptions instead of marketers. And they're not copywriters. I've said this a hundred times. Recruiters can't be expected to be copywriters. They're salespeople. Let them be good at that. That's where marketers then need to be able to help explain to them how a job should be formed, how it should be written, why it should be written in a sense of customer first, uh, candidate first, not client first. Not a list, but but a conversation. And it's quite a hard thing to explain. It's quite a hard thing to give marketers, especially if there's one marketer to 100 consultants, you've got a lot of job descriptions to write there. If you could give any advice to a marketer attempting to improve copy uh, within their business, what would you say? Where would you say start? Here's where I always tell people to start. Everything you say about you has to be relevant to them. And I, I say that because time and attention is at such a premium. You know, it, you don't have time to waste stroking your own ego or stroking your client's ego, even though that may be what they want. And, and for a marketer, sometimes that's a, it's a very difficult position to be in where uh, uh, you've got a business that really wants to talk about how fantastic they are. And they have a client base who really, really wants to hear how much they actually care and can help them with their problems right um so trying to weave those two things to to, you know and placate you know the business and still make the copy work could be such a challenge but you know it's just everything you say about you has to be relevant to them Uh, and that goes for like you know your employer to everything you say about them there has to be a reason and that reason has to somehow move them to want to pick up the phone or to fill out the, the form to get in touch with you or uh, set up a Zoom call or whatever it is that you decide. You, you you just can't rest on the you know we're great, we're fantastic. Look who we've worked with like, anymore because just they, they don't care. Everyone's worked with everybody these days. You know, any company could probably put a Google and Apple etc. on their website <laughs> because they filled one role with them or they've had one conversation with one person there. You know, that's it doesn't count anymore. Um, and we need to think bigger picture than that. Absolutely. Yeah, that, that reminds me of all the, uh, the the coaches out there that have the as seen on and they're like, you know, uh, you know, Forbes and all these wonderful places. And then you find out that the way they get to do that is that they ran an ad on a, on a platform that showed ads on those sites. 
so that they get to say as seen on you know Forbes without ever actually having published anything on Forbes. And these people would just put all these icons and CBS and that, you know, all the, the news networks and everything. <sighs> I, I I just I wonder who's falling for this stuff. I really do. And what if you could give a couple of top tips to people who want to start improving their copy, what would you say without obviously giving away your uh, your biggest secrets? Oh <laughs> you know what I I'll give away my one biggest hack. And this is the thing that I do every single time. And I will tell everybody to do it. And almost nobody will do it because it's work. Before I start writing any piece of copy, I sit down and I free write a journal entry from the perspective of the person I'm talking to. So as if I am them talking about my problems. It's, I tell people to do that, and I've told I, I've told the same people to do that for years. And like, yeah, that's a fantastic idea. Okay, did you do it? No. Okay, well, <laughs> you know, so you can't you can't wonder why your copy's not getting any better. Uh, that for me was a complete game changer because it it allowed me to know in an instant how to talk to them because I've just created that. Now, keep in mind that's after the immersion, actually going into the Facebook groups, into going into uh, book niche books on Amazon. If you look at the reviews on those, a lot of times you'll find really juicy information about what they like, what they didn't like, what was missing, what they want to see. Sometimes you'll get these wonderfully uh, uh, logically minded people who will even break these things down into pros and cons lists. And that is gold because I don't have to do any of the work. <laughs> so that's another thing. Gather as much information as you can from in, from them in sources where they don't know you're listening. Uh, because you know when you ask them, it's one thing. If you say, what do you need? What can I provide for you? What courses can I build for you in, in that industry? Or, or what can I do for you? They'll tell you what they think you want to hear because they don't want to sound dumb or they're not really sure of themselves or they you know they just they can't quite articulate it but when they think that marketers aren't listening and they're not on the spot they're more likely to talk about what's really going on in their life that's where you can pick up those details that you can create connections in your copy awesome i love that lee thank you very much for joining us today it's great to meet you well, thank you for being here